Under HIPAA Omnibus, business associates and their subcontractors are directly liable for HIPAA compliance. That includes cloud computing service vendors. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with privacy and security attorney Jerry Stegmeyer of Wilson, Sonsini, Goodrich, and Rosati. Jerry will discuss some of the key issues that covered entities and business associates should consider when it comes to cloud vendors and HIPAA compliance. Hi, Jerry. Hey, Marianne. How are you doing? Good. To start, under HIPAA Omnibus, how should covered entities determine whether their cloud provider is a business associate that's directly liable for HIPAA compliance? You know, Marianne, that's a really great question, and for our listeners out there, you know, just a quick reminder that I'm not acting as their attorney. Uh, if I was, this would be followed as a bill, and obviously these are my own views and not necessarily those of our firm or clients. But when we think about uh, your question, which is a really good one, which is, you know, how do we think about business associates and, and cloud providers and whether they're, in fact, a business associate under HIPAA, the first thing we have to do is, is same good practice for all service providers, which is we need to understand how the organization collects, uses, and shares protected health information. And if a provider is going to maintain protected health information, the service provider is also going to maintain that protected health information, then it's highly likely that the Office of Civil Rights could conclude that the provider is a business associate. So under the prior rule, and while the incidental access or use exception is still is still present, the language regarding maintaining PHI seems to provide very little give room. Uh, and informal guidance we're hearing suggests that many in class, many cloud and SaaS providers uh, will likely be business associates now under this rule, even though previously they would have pretty, pretty defensively argued that they were not. So the key benchmark that we're really looking for and we're encouraging companies to think about is are your vendors or service providers maintaining protected health information. So questions like the use of encryption, whether they have access to the data, whether they can actually see the data are all the kinds of things that we're looking at. But those things, you know, come back to that core, which is good data supply chain management. And many companies are already doing that already. And if they're not, the rule gives them further encouragement to do so. So as we get closer to the September 23rd enforcement date, what are the essential steps that covered entities and cloud computing business associates should be taking when it comes to ensuring that they're compliant with HIPAA Omnibus? So one of the main things that we're seeing out in the field is a real increase in risk assessments. Covered entities performing risk assessments to sort of understand how they collect, use, and disclose protected health information. It's more critical now than ever. Uh, and with companies that may be business associates, Cloud providers, for example, we're seeing an enormous amount of effort going into mapping existing security and related controls to the requirements of the HIPAA security rule and documenting the existence of these controls. So they're simple but not necessarily easy things that need to be done, like designating responsible individuals for HIPAA efforts, coordinating training, creating written documentation, and identifying and remediating gaps. And these are some of the things many organizations are working on. But one of the things that makes it tough is, you know, frankly, in cloud SaaS companies, you know, very few of those companies have been oriented specifically, you know, and solely for the health vertical. 
So they're having to look at their existing controls environments um, and compare them to HIPAA requirements and, and basically do, you know, a gut check and in many cases create new documentation or adjust their service offerings for covered entities. What security and privacy provisions should covered entities have in their business associate agreements with cloud providers? So the Department of Health and Human Services has provided pretty good guidance and samples uh, among their resources for what to include in business associate agreements. What we're seeing in the field is the focus really often shifts to what the law requires versus what's desirable. And on this last point, we're seeing very specific requirements around breach notification and increasingly tense negotiations regarding indemnities. People are concerned about what the responsibilities will be, how they will lie, and beyond the straight legal requirements, which are somewhat straightforward in the, in the rules and the guidance, uh, what we're seeing is there are many cloud providers rethinking their insurance positions in, connect with, in connection with servicing health-related clients. So what we're seeing is covered entities want unlimited liability, SaaS and cloud providers are unnecessary or unwilling to provide that, and where they are, everyone's looking to insurance and trying to make sure that they have adequate coverage. So you know, most of the debate and action that we're seeing uh, in business associate agreements is really about things that the law doesn't require, but covered entities are increasingly desiring. Are there any steps that business associates should take with their subcontractors, if those subcontractors are cloud providers? Yeah, so that's really a great question, and that comes back to policing the data supply chain. And one of the things that we're finding increasingly common is a typical business associate agreement will require a business associate to execute sub-business associate agreements with their vendors and suppliers. And what we're seeing is if you're a vendor or supplier of a business associate, but you're not even aware that you're processing protected health information or that you're maintaining it or that you're arguably maintaining it, a lot of these businesses are very reluctant to sign business associate agreements because they need to have all the costs and the underlying issues. But top level, whether they sign the agreement or not isn't going to determine whether or not they're a business associate. That you know that will just be evidence. So you know, as a practical matter, what we're seeing happen is you know the business associates are looking at their data supply chain. They're looking at their internal controls, and an important part of any risk assessment is to look at beyond the firewall, if you will, who the other vendors and suppliers are. And there are a lot of negotiations there, and we've participated in a variety of negotiations where essentially we see those sub-business associates or the people who are being asked to execute sub-business associate agreements uh, refusing or being unwilling to execute them in a, and trying to argue that they're not a business associate or that they don't maintain PHI. So it's a difficult situation for a lot of providers downstream. What should covered entities do if an existing cloud services provider refuses to sign a business associate agreement? So that's a difficult situation. You know, we represent folks on both sides of the table. And I think one of the most important things to do, and really the starting point, is to begin with the notion of listening. And listening is much different than hearing. So many service providers have carefully thought out their rationales for how and whether they are a business associate. Unfortunately, many of the covered entities often have similar positions, but those positions begin and end with something like, you know, sign this business associate agreement if you're going to do business with us. 
And that sort of skips beyond this analysis of whether there's actual maintenance of protected health information or whether that access is incidental. You know, we think, frankly, for a lot of companies out there that are SaaS companies or cloud companies, they're going to be under a lot of pressure to execute business associate agreements. And many companies are simply moving away because whether they are a business associate or not, they want the business, they want their customers to be comfortable working with them, and they're increasingly taking the steps to identify what HIPAA requires. So it's a difficult situation for everyone. And we are, in fact, seeing cloud providers that are losing business because of a reluctance to sign business associate agreements. We're seeing service providers switch vendors and suppliers. So to your sort of downstream question earlier, we're seeing business associates use different vendors and suppliers, sub-BAAs, if you will, when they work with covered entities because of their strong desire to ensure compliance with the substantive requirements of the rules. What steps should covered entities and business associates take to protect health data in the cloud, and are there differences between protecting data in a so-called private cloud versus a public cloud? So we like to see a systematic approach that's grounded in a recognized standard for data security, and then it's reviewed and attested to by third parties. So when you take a standard like ISO 27001, and then you move towards ISO 27002 certification, Uh, These are really good baselines to use for evaluating the data supply chain and ensuring integrity and security of protected health information. Uh, We're also seeing a greatly expanded role for the use of encryption. You know, invariably here, folks suggest that, hey, is this information is encrypted, and if it isn't, why isn't it? And encryption solutions can give covered entities more direct control and, frankly, responsibility for their data. Uh, really puts the people who have the best information about the sensitivity of the data in charge of securing data. And we think a lot of business associates are going to like that and like solutions like that uh, because, frankly, in all the other industries, one of the things about cloud computing and a lot of companies, they're actually, frankly, not interested in knowing or seeing exactly what their client's data is because they want it to be private. They want it to be their client's data. Regarding private clouds and public clouds, we see private clouds primarily as logical or rational security solutions to data segregation. And a real benefit of private cloud solutions is the suggestion that you can have customized security requirements for particular client needs. And this is especially important in health and financial services verticals. But more practically, what we're really still talking about isn't so much private versus public cloud solutions, but rather using service providers to host and maintain and have access to data. And, you know, given that many of those solutions sort of take it or leave it, there's very little bargaining over the service agreement, that can be a real difficult position for the covered entities. I like to think about it as if you're buying an off-the-rack suit and you pay an off-the-rack price, it then becomes very difficult to demand bespoke features. And in essence, when you have a business associate agreement, That's exactly what a covered entity is requiring of its service provider. They're asking for extra bells and whistles, very specific features tailored to a very specific set and type of data, and that can be difficult to accommodate, you know, with an off-the-shelf product. But increasingly, the service providers are doing it. You know, they're working hard towards it, but we have that traditional challenge, which is many of the service providers not only don't know what kind of data is moving across their systems, but they haven't had incentives to learn or real reasons to do so. 
So we're expecting a big increase in the use of encryption and a rich policy discussion about how and whether encryption changes the calculus for whether these service providers are maintaining protected health information. And in any event, you know, legal classifications aside, the security gets better, uh, and that's probably a good thing where the data is sensitive. Thanks, Jerry. I've been speaking to attorney Jerry Stegmeyer. I'm Marianne Kolbasek-McGee for Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.